Welcome to the podcast that teaches you how to transform your life and your business. Here is your host, Rick Hyland, and this is CI for Life. Okay, welcome to another CI for Life podcast. Very exciting topics today. We're going to cover self-esteem, overcoming obstacles, the hero's journey, career, and finding your purpose. And to help us do that, we have Jay Scott McMillan, author of Be the Hero of Your Life. Uh, Scott, welcome to the podcast. Awesome, Rick. Thanks for having me. Uh, looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, and a fellow author, and and you recently, uh, or at least within the last year, published a book. But before we jump into that, tell us a little bit about your background. Sure. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I graduated with a degree in psychology, but I when I got out of school, I went into corporate and really didn't practice traditional psychology. Uh, but it was always a passion of mine. I've always been sort of a help, self-help junkie. Uh, but I worked in the corporate world in different different capacities from um, the technical side, became actually became a software engineer okay. and uh, and then got into training and then moved into entrepreneur life. Uh, I decided that I always wanted to to follow my passion and my my dreams, which was really photography. I've been a photography buff forever, so I thought, I'm going to, um, I had gotten laid off in 08 and I had a year of severance and I thought I'm going to take this and, you know, go, go for my passion. Uh, and so I did that and it was fascinating and, um, but hard, uh, boy, after a long year in, in corporate, trying to be, learn how to become an entrepreneur, uh, a whole skill set that takes some time to, to really understand. Right. And, uh, plus I was honing my craft and it was just, it was it was crazy. It was it was very enjoyable, but crazy. And it was in you know the very beginning of you know the two thousand eight two thousand nine recession, right? But of course, it didn't matter to me because I was starting a new business, you know. So I was all fired up and ready to go. But um, I pivoted out of that because I just I I uh, yeah I really missed kind of working with business people. And I, at that time, I was working with families and high school seniors and, and so on. So then I started shooting videos uh, for small businesses. And that kind of pivoted into doing social media. And um, I was doing that. I, but I'll tell you, it was, and this will make sense later on, but I really wasn't able to crack the code and be, you know, successful in my mind uh, in, in entrepreneurship. And part of it was I enjoyed those businesses, but they just really weren't filling me up with passion. And I was kind of going through a rough spot in my life and kind of just felt kind of stuck. My, my health wasn't doing good. My marriage wasn't doing good. Uh, I just was in this sort of stuck state and I started journaling a lot and studying and reading and, you know, going to therapy. And this book sort of birthed itself because one of my passions still is doing filmmaking and documentary filmmaking. And I ran, I ran across Joseph Campbell and the hero's journey. Okay. And it sparked something in my mind. It's like, Hey, um, my life is just like a hero's journey. And I started to put my life into these 12 stages of the hero's journey. And I thought this could this could help other people like me that are stuck in life. They don't know how to get out of the rut. You know, they've been successful and had ups and downs, but I was just stuck in this rut. And this helped me to kind of get out of it. And then I thought, you know, this feels really passionate to me. I want to go and be a life coach and help other people do this. So I went and got certified as in, in my life coaching and 
started my business about uh, two years ago. Um, and that's kind of the story in a nutshell. Okay, awesome. So, so those of us that aren't familiar with Joseph Campbell's work, you've intrigued me with the 12 stages and the hero's journey. Why don't you tell us about that? Oh, yeah. Love it. I could talk about that forever. Um, so Joseph Campbell was a mythologist back in the, I think it was 30s through the 80s or 40s through the 80s. And he had studied all of the stories, all the myths of of the world um, since the, you know, the dawn of time. And he realized through all that study that there really was just one main theme in all great stories, all myths, all religions, in fact. And that was this theme of a character that was the hero character that you follow through this journey and that all stories are based on that same format. And Hollywood really got a hold of this and realized that all great movies, if you follow this journey yeah. of the 12 stages in your movie, you will have a really successful, successful movie. Um, and it, part of it is because it's the story of how humans behave. It's our life. And I'll go into that in a minute here about how our lives are just like this, these heroes' journey, like all the stories, all the myths, all the movies. Okay. So basically, uh, it's all based around this concept of the call to adventure. And that is actually stage two, because this stage one is you're just living your life, going about your business. You know, things are things are fine or they're not fine, but that's the beginning of the story. Right. Uh, and then something happens. So in the movies, you've got to have an inciting an inciting event that kicks the movie off. Like, what's the story about? And so stage one is the ordinary world. That's where the hero or the character in, in the movie is just living their normal life. They don't know they're a hero. They don't even know what you know what's going to happen. But then stage two is called the call to adventure. This is when something happens in your life. It can be two, two ways. One, you could have a, a knowing, sort of just this calling that you know that there's more for you than what you're experiencing in your life. There's something more for you. You don't really know what it is. That's a calling. But the other way, and a lot of times in movies, something happens that you weren't expecting in life, like a catastrophic event, uh, maybe a death in the family, a divorce, a uh, uh, getting laid off from from a career, right? Something pretty significant happens and you weren't ready for it. And literally you're in your ordinary world, this call to adventure, something happens. And now you're like, oh my God, what do I, what am I going to do? I, I've never been here before. I don't know what to do. And typically stage three is called refusal of the call because we're afraid. We don't really want to change. And so even though maybe something has happened to us or we have this calling to make a change in our life, we're typically afraid of change. So, so we refuse the call. Very standard, happens in movies, happens to us in our own lives. Stage four is we meet a mentor. We meet somebody, typically it's a somebody in our lives that gives us either a skill, a knowledge, or the courage to finally say, okay, I can accept this call to adventure and I'll go ahead and I'll move into this unknown world. Um, and again, all great movies have a, you know, a famous mentor, you know, Yoda and, and Gandalf and right. All, yeah. all the great mentors. So stage five is crossing the threshold. This is when you finally get the courage to move into the unknown world. 
So if there has been a catastrophic event, let's say, you know, let's say you got laid off from 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 a job like I did, you know, from a career of 16 years. And I'm like, oh, what do I do? And for the longest time, I just I didn't do anything because I was afraid. I didn't know what to do. But finally, I had the courage to accept it and say, okay, I've got to go do something now. I've got to learn some new skills. I've got to become an entrepreneur. Um, and at the same time, I went through a divorce, so I was single. So I had to learn how to, you know, how to date again. This was my journey. Um, this is going to compromise the next three or four stages. Basically, you're going to go in and face some dragons, face some demons, challenges, right? That you're going to have to yeah. gain some skills, right? Uh, some knowledge. And you're going to win some, you're going to lose some. But you're always going to be learning and gaining new skills. This is part of everybody's life, right? Right. Um, and and so during this time, you're in you're in this journey, and it's an unknown journey. You don't you've never been here before in your life, so you're trying to just figure it out. But we all go through that. And so what's interesting about that is we we gain some allies, we you know we we gain some skills, and then stage nine comes. I'm going to kind of skip through into stage nine. That's finding the treasure. Okay. So finding the treasure is now, let's say in, in my example, where I got laid, I got laid off and I want to become an op- entrepreneur. It actually took me quite a while because I had some successes and it wasn't until I found life coaching and wrote my book that I finally had some success in there because it was authentic to myself. And I had to learn this through multiple years. And I found the treasure of what was really authentic to me, what really, you know, was important to me in, in helping other people get unstuck from their life. So I, so that's my treasure in the movies. It, it could be, you know, getting the woman or finding the gold or, you know, whatever. But the interesting thing is there's still three stages left in the hero's journey. And you think, well, isn't that the end? No. And this is the beautiful thing about the hero's journey. That is the same for us in our lives. We still have to get home which means that in the traditional hero's journey, in the mythology, when the hero goes through and they find the treasure, they've got to make their way back to the village, to their community, to either give the gold to the, to the king or to uh, impart whatever treasure that, that they've acquired back to the community, back to the village. In our lives, it's typically that we have to then tell the story to other people. Like we've come through this journey and we've gained all these skills and now you can impart this information to whoever, typically to people that haven't started their journey yet. But what happens in stage uh, 11 is called the resurrection. Before you get home, the universe is going to test you one more time. And it's going to it's going to say, do you really have the treasure? Have you really figured this out? Let me test you one more time and see if you've really figured this out. So this is another test in your life that will probably be really hard, could be the most, the hardest test you've faced. And you have to really prove that you have gained the treasure of either understanding who you are or whatever it might be in your life. And that to me is the key because a lot of people attain some form of success in their lives and they feel like, oh, I've got it all figured out. And then something happens and then they're back at square one or they get knocked back and they think, oh my gosh, what's you know, why, why is this happening to me? This is, this is the universal story of humans. Um, we are going to get tested again, probably over and over. But the hero's journey teaches us that that's very common. Don't 
get upset about it. Just get back up on your horse, tuck that football under your, your arm, and then go for the goal line. And then you finally get back to stage 12, which is the return. And you now become a mentor, or you can be, because you've gone on that journey. And now you you could become a mentor for somebody else that is either stuck in the middle of their journey or they haven't started their journey yet and they don't know how to go. Um, and, of course, it's a, always a circle. So when you get to stage 12, you then move on to another journey. But now you've got more skills. You've got, you know, you've got some some tools in the shed here that you've learned. So this next journey, you will have a whole different it'll be on a different level. So that's the hero's journey. And and it's just a fascinating concept that you could go on and on about, but that's sort of the whirlwind view of it. Yeah, that's the word I was thinking of, fascinating. I hadn't thought it through in those terms, but I agree with all those principles. And uh, just the fact that others, that there is a rhythm, if you will, to this cadence called life and this journey, it actually helps you, right? Say, oh, okay, this is another test, or what do I learn out of here? How do I find the gold out of this experience or the treasure using your words? So I love that. So let me ask you a tough question. What if I don't have a big event in my life? How do I get unstuck? As that's in your writings, that's kind of the topic I'm most fascinated with. And I find with a lot of people, even professional or personal, how do I get unstuck? How do I get overcome my fears? How do I get on this journey if I don't have a major event, but I'm just a little bit stuck. Yeah. Well, it, my my journey really started that way. Um, I had been really stuck in chronic pain uh, for a good year, and just kind of my life had. I really hit forty. I had this sort of golden life. Everything was going good. Corporate, good corporate career. You know, nice house in the suburbs, family, all, all the you know stuff, the American dream. I hit 40 and my my body just sort of gave out, meaning I had a kidney stone, then really chronic stomach pain for months, pivoted into chronic back pain that I could barely walk. Um, it just took me out. And really, the doctors couldn't find any real problems with me. So I woke up one morning and I was taking a shower, trying to just let the hot water just loosen up my sore back muscles that were just painful after about a year of this. And I had this voice in my head that said, this is no way to live life. You must be doing something wrong. And it was that moment that there was that calling that I was just this complete awareness that, wow, I got to quit looking outside for the answers, quit going to doctors, quit trying to figure out who harmed me or did whatever. It was going to be inside of me. The answer was going to be inside of me. I had to figure out what I was doing, how what I was thinking why was I causing this? I realized that I was probably causing my own problems. Didn't know how, didn't know what. But this was this knowing, this calling. So yeah, I mean, I'd had a year of this this chronic pain, but it took me just this awareness, just this calling to say, I've got to do something different. And I just was fed up, right? And I think a lot of us just go through life and we might just keep hitting this wall and keep hitting this wall. And it's like, eventually you've got to say, well, I must be doing something wrong. I've got to try something completely new. And and what I find is that if you can stop blaming the outside world or looking to the outside world for the right. answers and you go inside and and really and that can be lots of different ways, right? That can be may, working with a therapist or or doing meditation or just that constant question that's like, okay, this is happening, why is this happening? Just kind of calm down and ask yourself. 
So, so there is that potential to do that for people. And I think a lot of people that happens to that nothing major happens, but they're just fed up, right? And they've got to try something new. And so the biggest thing for me is that if, if somebody is in that space right now and you haven't, you've been looking in the outside is to think about what is it inside of me, you know, that may be causing this. I love that principle of awareness. And you've already answered my next question, but I'll let you get another, see if there's any other insights, but the how is always my magic button. And you've talked about, is it meditation? Is it a coach? Is it a mentor? Is it a therapist? The idea of to get aware, you have to become very still, as you say, stop blaming others, look inside. Any other thoughts about how to get to that level of awareness? Because I think you're absolutely right. That's what we need to do. But in our very, very busy lives, demands of email, social media, life, (laughs) et cetera, it is hard to get very self-aware. Any other insights there on on how to do that? Well, you know, at this point, I could kind of talk a little bit of how I how I coach people, you know, to 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 do this. Um, The first part is I take them on that hero's journey. So I literally I have exercises that breaks it all the stages down. And I ask them to go back in their life, try to pick a period in their life. It, it might be, you know, since high school, it might be, you know, typically the people I work with are middle age. They've kind of gone through some things and they're trying to figure out this next step in life. So I ask them to go back and, and create this hero's journey and look at the events that happened in your life. And by writing them down in this sort of structure of stage one, stage two, uh, it allows you to really get clear on. Well, here's an event that happened, and here's how I reacted to it. And it gives you this understanding about who you are based on you know your life. And when you look at it in this sort of critical way, um, you just realize, hey, you know, there's times in life where I was awesome. I was the hero. I was able to get through this. And then there's times where I missed the mark. I, I didn't get through it. I made some maybe bad mistakes or so on, but I'm, I'm still on this journey. I can continue to learn. And when you end that, we do this summary and we say, okay, here's my hero life summary. You just understand who you are in a deep, profound way, better than you have ever before. Now, that gives you the courage to just now face the present moment and then look at the future. Because typically people that come to me, they're stuck. They want to get ahead. They want to get to some place in the future. So so what I do with them is we... I have this this uh, system I call the transformational ladder, and we go even a little bit deeper into finding out what are these limiting beliefs. What are these beliefs that might have been created when you were very young, before ten, and then there's a second tier that maybe before twenty, before adulthood, somewhere in there you've created some limiting beliefs to protect you at the time of some of some event or something, and they're embedded in your subconscious. But now as an adult you get triggered back sometimes to these limiting beliefs that aren't really true, but you behave like they are. And typically I find in my life, those were sabotaging me. During that time, during my early years as entrepreneur, I just had this subconscious belief that I just wasn't good enough, that I didn't deserve to be successful as an entrepreneur. And well, it was false. It wasn't true, but I had created that limiting belief early in my life to protect me somehow. So as an adult, this was just sabotaging me. It wasn't, it it would come up in these weird ways that would not lead to success. 
So I try to get people to in touch with that. I'm not a therapist, so I'm not going to go back and do psychotherapy on you. But we just want to get in touch with some of these events that might have created these beliefs that we now as an adult can say, gosh, that's false. That's not true. So that's this, the first stage. But we, you know, these are neural networks that get programmed into our brain, right? And so all the patterns that we've done over our life, these get triggered very easily as an adult. We've got to literally rewire those neural networks in our brain. So what I teach then at that point is now we turn those into positive, powerful beliefs. Like, I really am good enough. Look at the things that I've done. There's no reason I, I'm as good as anybody, you know, when I focus and when I really pay attention. Um, and and we, we create this, these positive affirmations, if you will. But that doesn't really do it in my, in my book. Affirmations are kind of weak <laughs> because you got to really believe it. Sometimes you can say, I'm the best thing in the world. But if you don't really believe it inside, it's not going to make a difference. So the final step that we do, and really the most critical part of, of what we do, is we then build this future, this who do I want to be? What do I want to do in my life? That's first. What are the goals that I want to achieve? And then who do I need to become to achieve those goals? What kind of skills, what kind of beliefs do I have to have? And so we create this visual picture. And then I guide them through a guided meditation to relax themselves down, get into that alpha brainwave state where they can be really calm and receptive to the next step that we're going to do, which is intense visualization of that future of who we want to be. But the key is that we have to evoke the emotions. So we're sitting down doing this meditation, this visualization, but we are visualizing our success in, in images, like, you know, whatever that may be. If it, Let's just say if it's a new job, a new career, we envision ourselves interacting in that new career, new clients sitting maybe at the boardroom, you know, the confidence of giving a presentation to the board or, you know, landing that new big client. And we have to invoke the emotion. So we visualize what is that person saying to us? We've just landed that big account and uh, they're shaking our hands and they're like really proud and you're proud and you're standing tall. And you know, we get into that whole feel like, what does it feel like in that moment? And we're literally rewiring our neural networks with that emotion. And so I teach that. And then I say, look, now you've got to reprogram that. You've got to reprogram those old limiting beliefs with these new powerful visions and beliefs. And at that point, you've got to do it daily for at least three months, if not forever. And you can change it. So for me, it's it's a couple things. It's calming yourself down, finding time to do this meditation slash visualization technique, which shuts out the outside world. And now, instead of having all this negative thoughts come into you, or even the reality of the world and COVID and you know different things that are going on, you you shut that out of your life for this 15 minutes. Calm yourself down, getting this, you know, and I use like guided meditations with some nice soothing music to it, okay. which just kind of calms us down. It kind of shuts out the, the world. And then I move into this, this uh visualization process. 15, 20 minutes. Uh try to do it every day. And those 15, 20 minutes I'm spending in this massive, amazing amount of creativity, positivity, all this frequencies and, and literally the chemicals in my body are all high frequency, good feeling chemicals. 
you're training your body now to live and, and feel those kind of vibes rather than maybe the stuff you've done before, which is, oh, I can't do this. I'll never be good enough. You know, this traffic is driving me crazy. All these negative, you know, thoughts and behaviors that we do. Now, life is still there. We're still going to get into traffic and it's still going to piss us off and we're going to have to deal with it. But if I spend 15 to 20 minutes a day in this positive, high vibe visualization of my future, I'm going to literally be sort of reprogramming my life. And I, I try to live my whole day as in thankfulness, like it's already happened, that my beautiful future that I just visualized, I try to live my day like it has happened. And so it's, it's kind of a mindset. It's kind of a discipline. But I find that this is a very powerful way. I've worked with many clients. And this is how I got unstuck. And it's how I've, I've helped many clients get unstuck also. You, so I'm, I'm, I'm packaging it slightly different, but I'm 100% aligned with everything you're saying. As I mentioned to you, I wrote a book called, in October, called Live Your Purpose, a step-by-step guide to live your best life. And in chapter four, it helps people, and I love your word visualization, answer eight questions on um, their best life. And that's actually one of them, but that's a hard one to answer sometimes. So you get them thinking about other different questions, and I get them to write it down. And then we have a CI journal, and at the first page of that journal is your purpose statement. So I guess my question is, and 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 by the way, I mean that that is a proven fact, right? You, Marcus Aurelius and the Stoics way back when he recommended 15, 20 minutes in the morning to meditate, visualize your day, what could go wrong and what could go right, and how you respond. So 100% aligned with everything. It's just slightly packaged different. Tell me about your. Is it important to write it down? Do you have it on the mirror? Do you have it in your book? Do you have it in the car? How do you keep focused on that end in mind, that that uh, new vision, that new programming that you're talking about? Yeah, good question. I, you know, I am a firm believer in writing everything down. Uh, to me, it, if things aren't real unless you write them down. <laughs> um, and so, in my book, I actually my book is actually like a workbook, um, and mm-hmm. I'm an old corporate trainer. So for me, you know, you've got to go through these exercises and use all different parts of your brain to learn. So basically throughout the book and in my coaching, I'm asking lots of questions, you know, it sounds like like yours and there and you're writing down the answers. When we get to that part about creating your your future, um, there's a lot of questions that, that I'm just asking um, and you wouldn't even have to fill them all out. But it's a lot of things like if when you're successful in whatever this is going to be, what do you want to feel? What do you want to look like? How how would you walk down the street? How would others react to you? What would be the environment? Who would be around you? And I'm just trying to paint the picture of your success, right? And you're writing all this down. So when I started this and what I teach my clients is that I want you to have like a big list of all of these statements that are like, I want to feel powerful. And when I walk down the street, my chest is out and, and, and I can I can just feel the positive vibes from other people and people are smiling to me and I'm smiling back to them. I mean, sort of these confident statements, right? And I want you to have all of these statements. And right before we do the visualization, I want you to read through them, just kind of read through all those positive sort of life affirming um, statements that you wrote down. And then as you go into the, the meditation, the, the visualization, Recall those. And, and the first few times you do this, I actually ask them, go ahead and read them off. Go back and and just start reading them. 
And eventually, and it doesn't take more than almost a week of doing this, and then you start to really get them in your head and you don't even have to look at your sheet anymore. So yeah, so I'm a big believer. Now, as far as like daily affirmations or goal lists or whatever, I don't really put that into my coaching. I mean, all that's going to help. My coaching is focused on this one thing. Do it this way, write it down, focus and, and do the meditation. And it might even change. I noticed for me, my meditation and visualization when I first started this into what it is now is completely different. It's morphed and changed. And my goals and things have changed too. But that's how I started it. Definitely writing it down. Got it. No, love it. Love the visualization idea. That is a definitely additive. So before we close, I got to ask you, what is quantum physics? For a non-physics guy, give me a insight of what quantum physics has to do with all this. Yeah. Um, so again, I'm not a physicist either. Um, so my understanding of this and, and what I what I try to tell people is that quantum physics basically says is that any reality that you could possibly think of is a potential and that they know now from looking at the quantum level they take and they look at atoms and they look and they get closer and closer um, at the quantum level this book that i'm holding or this pen is not solid it's actually vibrating and in motion we can't see it and it looks like a solid pen right here but it's actually in in vibration in motion and that the, if you were to get down with that microscope and you were to able to look at those quantum particles, that the form of whatever that particle is doesn't even take form until you observe it. It's kind of an interesting concept called the observer effect, right? So basically that means that everything, everything, every atom, everything is in potential. It's moving and it's not a solid thing yet until someone of consciousness observes it. You look at it. It then creates a form. So, it, you know, there's all sorts of science behind it, and that's my sort of rudimentary view of how it works. But what that tells me is if everything is moving and in potential, then that also means that there's an infinite possibility of whatever I can think of and can happen. So if you extrapolate this, and of course, I didn't make this up, quite a bit of study, study of a lot of physicists and a lot of uh, my favorite is Dr. Joe Dispenza. If you've ever read him, he yeah. talks about this amazing stuff. And so if everything is a potential, then when I'm creating this visualization and I'm focusing on my future, even though it hasn't happened yet, I can manifest it to happen by focusing on it. Yes. And so, yeah, this is a little bit of leap of faith. But I feel that that if you use those sort of principles of quantum physics just to kind of get you in that mindset that it could happen, that anything is possible. And we also know that frequency has a lot to do with this. And so when we're thinking positive thoughts, they hold a higher frequency than do lower negative thoughts. When you look at some of the principles of, of, of physics, a frequency that is coherent, which is tightly focused at a high frequency is more powerful than a non-coherent signal. So if I focus my frequencies very tightly in these high frequency levels, my intention, high desire, yeah, I'm going to be in a much better position to attract positive things into my life. So that's kind of the principle that I talk about. You know, I don't, I'm not a physicist, so I can't get into the weeds, but I reference other people that do know that. 
Um, and that's my viewpoint that I try to live by. Oh, that, that is fascinating. That even makes sense to me on a spiritual level. You're creating your intention that the activity will follow your desire. You will, you know, the activity will follow. Very, very nice. Okay, Scott. So last word, any other counsel and advice for people? And then how, how do people find you? Yeah, let me talk a little bit about purpose. Um, be interested, okay. you know, to, to see what you think about this. But, um, you know, the hero's journey, Joseph Campbell does talk about purpose, um, that the hero's journey is, is sort of a journey to find your purpose. He uses the word bliss. And he says is that if you can find your bliss, pay attention to your bliss. Now, bliss in that uh, context is the thing you love to do. The thing that just turns you on, you would do this activity or thing for free. When you do do it, you lose track of time. It's just this wonderful thing that you love to do, right? If you pay attention to what that is and you follow that, it potentially can lead to your purpose. Um, and so it's this beautiful thing that just is what is what do you love to do? And it's different for everybody. And what I like to say is that if you take that bliss, take that thing you love to do, and you marry it in with how can it help other people in some way? And you take that bliss and how can it help other people? Put those two things together. You probably have a purpose or what could be a purpose in life. Um, it, and the other thing I like to say is that it doesn't have to be your job or your profession. It's that thing that gets you up in the morning. It's like, I can't wait to like do this thing. Um, and it just gives you this purpose in life that makes you feel good. And typically, if you can mix that up, how can I help other people with this, with this purpose, this gift that I have? Um, that's a really juicy way to live life. And as you know, when you have found your purpose or feel like what you're doing is, is in your purpose, there's just nothing better in life. That's when life gets really juicy and fun and just creative. And, and um, yeah, so that's probably the last thing, you know, that I'd, I'd like to leave with. Um, Thank you. And then, yeah, people can get a hold of me on my website, which is, jscottmcmillan.com. And um, yeah, there I've got my book on there, Be the Hero of Your Life. And um, I, I, I do coaching and I just I love to talk about the hero's journey. I've got some videos up there. So I'd love to chit chat with anybody uh, on the hero's journey or how to get their life unstuck. Wow. You've given us so much uh, to think about. And the word I'm going to use, Scott, is fascinating. Thank you so much for being yeah. a guest today and all your work. And it's Obvious you found your blessing, your purpose, and well done. Continue on. Thank you, Rick. Appreciate it. All right. Well, this is another Continuous Improvement podcast. Until next time, live a life of sustainable continuous improvement. Goodbye. Goodbye.